0: Opinions expressed on ACB radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind, I'm Brian McAllen. According to the Department of Veterans Affairs, or VA, About over 130,000 veterans in America are legally blind and more than a million veterans have low vision, keeping them from performing required daily activities. The VA helps former military members with solving this problem. Vision Impaired Services Team or VIST coordinator Craig Eckhart and blind rehabilitation specialist Lindsay Haas are with the VA Palo Alto Healthcare System in California. They join us along with a veteran to talk about the VA's blind rehabilitation services and how they help blind and visually impaired service members learn important daily living skills and become independent. Welcome to the show, everyone.
1: Thank you. Hello.
0: Thank you. It's a pleasure having you all here today. So, Craig and Lindsay, tell us about yourselves and how you spoke out, and and, and actually, why you decided to work with the visually impaired at the VA.
2: All right, I'll start. I'm Craig, and I uh, work for the VA as a VIS coordinator, as you mentioned, and I started out in the blind rehab field as a consumer. I am visually impaired myself. So I learned about the blind rehab system going through the system, and I decided I wanted a career in this field because I understand the importance of how it really makes a positive effect on people's lives. And, you know, in terms of the most deserving are those who have served our country and given up their lives to protect us. So I'm definitely honored to work for the VA.
1: Um, A little bit about myself is I have a master's degree in special education, with an emphasis in uh, special education, with orientation, mobility, and guide dog mobility. Um, And I actually completed my O&M internship at the VA, specifically here at the Western Blind Rehabilitation Center. When I completed my internship, I learned about all the different services that the VA had to provide for its visually impaired veterans. And through my internship, I learned about the outstanding services that the VA had to offer incorporating a team approach in all areas of rehab, including psychology, social work, nursing, recreation therapy, and I knew this was the place I wanted to work.
0: Very exciting. These are very rewarding careers. Craig, what do you do as a VISC coordinator?
2: I am a case manager, so if a veteran has vision loss and they need to get hooked up with services, that would be their first point of contact. Um, so, you know, they either come to visit me at the hospital or I do a lot of outreach events uh, such as this and, uh, you know, other events in the community just to reach out, let people know that the service exists. Um, not many veterans or, you know, people in general know that the VA offers blind rehabilitation service as part of their, um, you know, services. So that is what I do, outreach and case management. Just before we go on, I forgot to mention, I had to do a little disclaimer Lindsay and I both, and, of course, Dale here as well. Anything we say here is our own personal opinion, not necessarily representing the VA, so just throwing that out there. But so back to your question, uh, that's what I do as uh, this coordinator coordinator's case management.
0: Awesome. We've got the disclaimer down.
2: I <laughs> practice, all right.
0: <clears throat> Lindsay, you teach orientation mobility. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, so orientation mobility uh, covers a lot of different aspects in ranging from visual scanning, using a long cane or a white cane for obstacle detection to include fall prevention, crossing streets, as well as taking public transportation.
0: Great. Craig, I understand that the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs' Veterans Health Administration, that's the first health care system in the nation to seamlessly and completely integrate rehabilitation services for visually impaired patients into its health benefits. Give us a brief history of the VA services for the blind and visually impaired.
2: Sure. Well, the VA has been providing blind rehabilitation services since World War II, Public Law 78-16, for those that want to look it up, uh, provides, you know, affords these services, including vocational rehabilitation services. as enacted by President Roosevelt, and so it's been around quite a long time and basically at the forefront of creating what is now the standard of blind rehabilitation services.
0: Before we talk about the finest medical care and rehabilitation care that the VA provides, Craig, there are about over... 130,000 legally blind veterans in America and more than a million vets have low vision, causing the loss of the abilities to complete the important daily activities, cooking, cleaning, and also these numbers. They're expected to go up. I'm curious about the process of connecting and getting help. How do the veterans learn about services and reach out to receive them?
2: Well, they could come visit me or any VIS coordinator. All VA systems have a VIS coordinator point of contact that they can reach out to. They could certainly ask their primary doctor or IA physician. A lot of times veterans will go in, get an eye appointment, and that's when they realize something's wrong and that they need help. So they could certainly get referred by their doctors. They could also go to state services, you know, outside the VA. They might not necessarily be in the VA system, but if they hear this broadcast and they're interested, they can reach out to their local VA or state services for the blind, and they can as well uh, get them in touch with this coordinator.
0: Very good. Craig, the Veterans Affairs Blind Rehabilitation Service covers a whole range of rehabilitation services, going from the patient's house, very own home, to the local VA facility, and the inpatient and lodging training programs in regional low-vision clinics. What are the blind rehabilitation services that the VA provides? We already talked about orientation mobility a little bit.
2: As I mentioned, this coordinator, such as myself, is the case manager, and what's needed is it's a lifelong case management. So a veteran might come and have some initial problems and get solutions, but then later on they might lose more vision or have other uh, complications. So the VISTA coordinator, it's a program that is definitely lifelong available. Um, Aside from that, we do offer, as you mentioned, in-home training options. They're called BROS, Blind Rehabilitation Outpatient Specialists. So they would go into homes into the community and work with daily living activities, orientation mobility, technology, things like that. We also have various types of clinics available, low-vision clinics specifically, and so one is called Intermediate, and that's where a veteran can go and get a low-vision exam, which is basically like an eye exam, but they would test to see what the vision is, and then they would prescribe low-vision devices, you know, magnifiers, CCTVs, or scanners, things to help them with print access and just make efficient use if they have usable vision. They also have the advanced uh, low vision clinics that provide the same services in addition to orientation and mobility training, which is learning how to travel safely and independently. Uh, the advanced visor program is what they call it. It's an acronym, visual impairment services, outpatient rehabilitation, I believe. But it's a short stay inpatient. If a veteran wants an additional, you know, living skills in terms of daily living activities training, they provide that as well. O&M and low vision therapy. And then, of course, we have our inpatient blind rehab centers, such as the Western Blind Rehab Center, like where we are. There's actually 13 of them throughout the country. And those are more comprehensive in terms of the types of programs that they can offer, as well as the length of stay. It is inpatient. Typically, veterans that come into a blind center could stay anywhere from two weeks to six weeks or longer. Uh, it is very individual-based in terms of the goals that they have and the training that they'll receive to meet them—very individualized. You know, all these services are available again to best meet the, meet, uh, meet the needs of the veterans
0: and meet their needs well. We're going to talk about a little bit more about how those services meet their needs. Look under the magnifying glass, as they say. The intermediate clinics—they're focusing on the successful use of events remaining vision through the use and development of visual, perceptual, and visual motor skills. Lindsay, what are some of the special electronic and optical devices and ergonomic equipment that servicemen and women learn for writing, cooking, and reading?
1: So depending on the veteran's goals and their vision loss, certain devices may be prescribed to help with the daily tasks that you mentioned. Uh, there's high-tech devices, low-tech devices, uh, for example, there's the ID-Mate, which reads barcode labels to determine a product and its ingredients. There's the National Library Service Book Player, which allows veterans to hear audiobooks. There's things like the Writing Guides or CCTVs, which magnify printed material.
0: Back to you, Craig, the VISOR program. It provides vision and blind rehabilitation just for a couple weeks. The visually impaired active duty service members and veterans... They're provided overnight accommodations. Where do they stay?
2: Uh, the VA does contract with either, it could be like a local hotel nearby. Here at the VA at Palo Alto, we actually have a, uh, called the Defender's Lodge, um, or it's the Fisher House. But anyway, they have housing options, you know, on campus as well. So again, depending on the VA system, they have different housing options available.
0: Interesting. So, Craig, does a veteran have to be legally blind or low vision to be considered for a rehabilitation program?
2: No, the veteran just has to decide that their vision loss is at a point where it's causing um, difficulty in functioning. You know, they're having trouble with reading or traveling safely, or they, um, you know, having difficulty with organization or just doing things at home. Any of that causing them trouble, they can certainly reach out to us. They don't have to have any specific designation.
0: That's good. Lindsay, the VA's got the Impatient Blind Rehabilitation Centers. How do the centers help blind veterans achieve their realistic levels of independence? I hear that it starts with an assessment.
1: Correct. Yeah, so each center uh, may offer slightly different programs. Here at the WBRC, every veteran uh, undergoes assessments, like you were saying. In the beginning of their program, in the different skill areas, and the skill areas can include technology, living skills, visual skills, manual skills, and orientation and mobility. And then the veterans' goals are established after the assessment period. And the veterans' team members in the different skill areas work with the veteran in achieving these goals while they're here at the WDRC.
0: The ONM department that you're in's got a power mobility program. What's the program?
1: So yeah, we have a specialized power mobility program for veterans that uh, have vision loss and may need to use a power scooter or a power chair. Um, And it's a specialized program where they come in and they learn a bunch of different scanning techniques as well as how to use a long cane with the power chair or the power scooter.
0: What about iPhones and iPads? Don't they learn those too?
1: Yeah, so depending on the student's uh Level and vision loss, uh, they might uh, want to learn how to use an iPhone or an iPad. And we go through the different accessibility software, for instance, voiceover or Zoom on the devices, and make sure that they can adequately uh, navigate the device with their vision loss.
0: That's great. What are some of the additional blind rehabilitation services, Lindsay, that are available to, to uh, vets from the BRC?
1: So as far as the WBRC, um, you know, again, it's based on individualization. So there's a bunch of different programs. And what I recommend to, to veterans or to the public that are interested in our programs, um, you can always talk to a VIST coordinator like Craig um, or schedule a tour at your local uh, blind rehab center. And, of course, the WBRC always enjoys giving tours of our facility.
0: And, Craig, you as the VIS coordinator partner with the community providers, right?
2: Yes, we do. So in addition to having the out, um, blind rehab outpatient specialists that are on staff, I do uh, work with, and for instance, at Palo Alto, I work with several technology vendors that go out for veterans that are interested in you know, learning uh, iPhone accessibility, like Lindsay was mentioning, but for whatever reason they're not able to come into the blind center. Um, you know, the bros can go out and certainly do some limited instruction, but if they need a little more time, then I work with the vendors to go out and give them that more time. So we work with them, uh, other blind community agencies as well. So we definitely try to uh, use the VA system as well as other outside VA community systems.
0: All right, well, we've got a patient here on the line that you brought in who's going to talk about his blind rehabilitation services experience and even a little bit about his service experience in
3: a war as well.
0: Can you tell us your name?
3: My name is Dale Streetman.
0: Hi, Dale. What branch of service were you in? I
3: was in the Marine Corps.
0: The Marine Corps. What did you do in the Marine Corps? I was in the infantry. What did you do in the infantry?
3: <laughs> Try to avoid bullets.
0: Try to avoid
3: bullets and you survived. Yes, sir.
0: Well, how did you become blind?
3: I, I, I don't want to say contracted. I have a eye disease called retinal pigmentosa, which basically makes very nice tunnel vision. In my case, also color blindness, and eventually I will be blind.
0: Do you also have some good and bad vision days? Because I've met people with retinal pigmentosa who have good and bad vision days.
3: That is correct. And like most of them, our eyes change quite a bit. Maybe not, maybe not overnight, but it does happen. And so we're always dealing with some type of sight loss.
0: Yep. It goes up, goes down. Correct. How did you reach out to the VA? How did you learn about them?
3: Uh, my situation is, uh, I'm going to call it unique. Um, I was working at the time and my wife would tell me, look at that nice shade of lavender. And I couldn't see it, could not see it. Um, the final straw for me just to go to the eye doctor was, I was getting dressed to go out into town one day and <clears throat> I came out and my grandson Asked, said, you're not going in town like that, are you? I said, what do you mean? He said, what colors are you wearing? I said, black hat, white t-shirt, gray shorts. He said, no, purple hat, white t-shirt, and lime green shorts. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was real bad. So I went to the eye doctor. Eye doctor took a look. Ran a bunch of tests and <clears throat> said, "I see something in here I really don't like." So they sent me to a specialist, and that's when I found out I had RP. Wow! Um, was retired right on the spot because my vision—I had lost that much vision without knowing. I see.
0: Wow! That 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 purple clothing was definitely the
3: ticket to the eye doctor. Yeah, kind of look like a mixed-up Barney. <laughs> um, the way I found out about the Blind Center, however, is just as unique. As I came back from the specialist, I saw my eye doctor again, and he just happened to hear about a program where we lived called a VIST coordinator. I've been in the VA system and in the military never heard of a thing called VIST whatsoever. He was nice enough to make the phone call and my, and I had a vis coordinator come up and meet my wife and I. And I'll be honest, if it was not for the support of my wife and my family, I don't know if I would have came to be perfectly honest with you on it. Um, without that support, you're going to just try to muddle through as much as you can because any service person hates to ask for help.
0: That would have been really hard, and that would have been really depressing too,
3: right? Uh, correct. Oh, oh, most definitely. And to say, I, and I would be a, I would be a liar if I said I didn't go through the depression, the anger, the heartache, the everything, back to anger. I went through it all, I, I, and um, it, that's really where this program has helped me so much on that
0: so what services have you received you mentioned fist and just just how have they helped you live a happy and healthy life
3: It starts off by just the individuals here you realize that you're not by yourself you're not the only one going through this problem you are not the only person who has RP something that you had never heard about until you contracted it um, so that's a huge factor right there. You're not alone. Second thing is we you get with the instructors and they find out what your needs are, how much you can see, what you can do. So going through mo- so going through mobility, for instance, with Lindsay, she talks to me, finds out what is it I can see? What is it I can hear? Where is it that I live, and what kind of travel I do? And then we adjust the program around to that. We go into living skills. Living skills does everything from learning to type to learning to use braille to cooking in a kitchen. How to shop. Everything you need to do to be functional. From there you go to manual skills. You find out that I can build a belt. I can do macrame, I can do ceramics, I can work in a wood shop. With the right tools and the right training, I can still do these things. You go to visual skills, that helps give you the prosthetics you need to be able to do some of the things that we just talked about. With special glasses, special readers, um, a closed circuit television, so that if you do have some type of vision, you can read. Come to find out, I just found out yesterday, some of the news closed-circuit televisions actually have readers on them. You put a book underneath, and it actually reads it for you. These are neat and outstanding things to, to be happening. Last but not least, we have recreational therapy here. Recreational therapy gets you off your butt. <laughs> it helps you realize that you are still alive. With all these things put together, you are still alive. You are not dead, you just have trouble seeing. Therefore, become big and be a a very productive member of society.
0: Very good advice, and that's excellent, Dale. We at Speaking Out for the Blind and ACB Radio are very, very grateful for your service to our nation's security.
3: Thank you very much.
0: And we're proud of you for working to become independent. Craig and Lindsay... How can our listeners learn more about the VA's blind services and contact you if they've got any questions?
2: Well, uh, they can certainly, you know, go online, va.gov, and I believe, uh, there's a search you can do for blind rehabilitation, or I use Google usually, but whatever search engine, uh, will lead you there. Uh, like we mentioned before, you can get in touch with your local VA facility and ask for your, uh, local VISC, which, uh, visual impairment service team. Uh, this coordinator, Um, and if you have questions anybody wants who's in the Palo Alto area that is interested, they can certainly contact me. I can uh, give my number. That's something that would be helpful. Great. Okay, that is 650-852-3467.
0: Wonderful. We're going to put that on the Speaking Out for the Blind website, so if anybody's got any questions, they can call you. Everybody, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: I think we're good. I just want to say thank you again, Brian, for letting us talk about uh, the Blind Rehab Center and what services we offer.
0: Everyone, thanks for coming on Speaking Out for the Blind and helping those currently and formerly in uniform and blind get the independence they need to live live happy and healthy lives.
1: Absolutely. Thank Thank you. Thank you.
0: Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's SpeakingOutForTheBlind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakoutatacbradio.org and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking-out-for-the-blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out! Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Hi, this is Dan Kaiser for Saturday Roulette, heard every Saturday on ACB Radio Interactive from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Every Saturday you can hear the best of rock and roll, including legendary rock bands, artists, and new and upcoming artists. And listen to us on demand as well on www.acbradio.org roulette. Listen to the greatest blend of rock and roll with new and contemporary rock artists and legendary rock artists all here on Saturday Roulette, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern
3: on ACB Radio Interactive.
1: The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N at acb.org or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs.
0: Connecting the blind community around the world, this is ACB Radio.